guys. Welcome to The Breakdown Podcast. My name is Mary. I am one of your hosts and I'm here with Josh and Brock. Are you guys having a wonderful day today? Oh man, are we? Yes. Oh man. (laughs) The excitement level is quite high today. (laughs) I love it. Um, Well, if it's your first time on The Breakdown, we take a bite-sized portion of the weekend teaching at Hope Fellowship and we break it down. So we take a verse from there and we teach you more about it. Um, And we just finished a series. It was a six-part series. So it was a long one um, called The Life You've Always Wanted. And it was really uh, built around um, Romans 12 and offering our lives up to God. Mm -hmm. But um, really what the focus was purpose. And one of the verses, we're we're pulling a verse from a part where he's talking about identity. And I'm excited how that kind of is going to tie into what we're talking to today a little bit. You'll kind of see that peeking through. So where are we going with this today, Josh? Yeah, we we did uh, this weekend here a verse that might be familiar with a lot of people. It's also this um, uh, compelling kind of discussion on being new creation in Christ. And so, but if I'm this new creation, why do I still struggle with the same old stuff? I mean, I've thought that before. I'm sure you guys have too. And so we're going to take a little bit of a peek at that today. And the passage that we're looking at is 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. And our old friend Paul says this, he says, Therefore, whoa, hey, hey, hold on, oh, hold on, just a wait second. a second. Yeah. What is it there for? If it's there for, what? What's it there yeah, for? Yeah, yeah. Good question, guys. All right, so we're gonna jump all the way back to verse, verse, yeah, verse fourteen, and take a peek at this. Um, he says in verse fourteen, Paul says he's writing Second Corinthians uh-huh. here, and this is remember that that second letter they wrote to them, and he's trying to talk to them about his ministry going on here and all that kind of stuff. And he says, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. Yeah, That is just, you know, uh, one died for all, therefore all died. It's a little confusing. It's I'm little not going to lie. But we'd like to start off today with a, a word to impress your friends, a, a party trick maybe. You can Ooh. use this use this word to impress people because that's all Christianity. That's what it's really all about it is. is impressing others. If it's, you could sum all of Christianity up, into one statement. What others think about me. Party yes. pressing them. Party that's it. That's yeah. it. Okay. So we're going to look at a word today. So the word for today is mm-hmm. soteriology. Mm. So Tell us what that means. I will. Soteriology just means the study of salvation or, or how to define the doctrine of salvation. That's really all it means. And so this passage is really a great soteriological passage because it really helps us understand what it means when we are saved. So this first passage is a little confusing where it says one died for all. It's saying that Christ died for all people, pretty obvious there, for all sins, for all time. And so when we think of Christ dying, he died obviously physically, was resurrected three days later. But there's also this soteriological component that in his death, he died for sins that we could be saved from those. Mm -hmm. Then he also says, therefore all died. And that's where it gets a little confusing. So we all physically died. Is that what he's in? Implying or inferring or whatever it might be. We're literally all walking zombies. All yeah. That's kind of what I learned. This is the Walking, the walking <laughs> Dead podcast. This took a turn. Yeah. But you no, know, he's saying, again, it's soteriological about salvation that we have all died through Christ. And so there's this opportunity for us to look at this like because of what Jesus did, this for all people and all the effects of sin have been overturned. And so really it says we all have died, but in one real sense, we've all come to life. Yeah. A new life because of what Jesus did for us. And so... The, the key here is that's in Christ. Yes. And so one died for all, therefore all died. And so it's really looking at this idea that because of what Jesus did, all it's available to all people, yeah. that now we actually have died to the old sinful nature, but we 
kind of also found life. And so Paul writes about this a lot. It's kind of his main And it's cool because even if that's still kind of murky or muddy for you, we can look to some of his other writings to get a little bit more of a well-rounded understanding of what he's saying here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Paul, like, like how you're talking about that salvific message, it's like one of those verses that you can just keep coming back to, to remind you. Like, I think as I was studying, I was like, wow, that is so true. And Paul does that over and over. He like brings it back to the cross and and what Jesus has done. And so when you're reading it, you're kind of, I'm almost automatically thinking of Romans. Like so much of that language is yeah. carried over. And yeah. so Romans 5 verse 12, and I'd encourage you guys, if you want to do a little further study um, to go read that, but I'm going to read it to you. It says this, therefore, I'm kind of, I'm like waiting for them to, (laughs) hopefully you get that in your head and you start doing that yourself. Um, But therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, cough, cough, Adam, Mm -hmm. we're not, we're not happy about it, but thanks Adam and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. So to put this really basically is that we're all born into sin. Mm -hmm. So because of what Adam did, thanks Adam, we all, when we're born, we're little Adams. We're, you know, walking around with that same kind of sin in our lives. And in a sense, we've all died. Yeah. 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 And so uh, in verse 14 of 2 Corinthians 5, and therefore all died, this still isn't what Paul's talking about there um, because he's talking about this new life in Christ. So why is he talking about, and therefore all have died? Uh, well, and if you continue on and back in Romans chapter six, this is what he says. He says, uh, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? That's helpful. That's clarifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you've ever seen a baptism, there's this really neat uh, visual of someone being submerged underwater representing. So, so Christ was died, Christ was buried. I've died in him, but then not just staying there, but being raised from the, uh, back from the water to represent the fact that Christ is alive, that in him, I also have this newness of life. And so Paul continues on. He says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism and death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father, we too may live a new life. So when, when Paul here says that one died for all and therefore all died, what they're saying is that it's to sin that we've all died, that through Christ's death, we now get to live in, in the newness of his life. So it's a really, really amazing thing that Paul's saying here. So we go from little Adams to little Christ. Uh-huh. Huh. Wow. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Moving on quickly. Uh, verse 15. Now, that was a good point. Um, in verse 15 of uh, our passage today, we're getting back to 17. That's our goal. We're working back towards working it. Working back because we had to go to the Because we want to know what the therefore is yeah. there for. It says, he, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And so this passage is really just saying that those who have had those effects overturned, those that have died in Christ are now raised to a new life, that the effects of sin have been overturned. And so there's mm-hmm. almost like this calling or this um, concern, like, hey, now live for him. And those connected to Christ now long, no longer have to live just for themselves. They can live for Christ. And so before we had no ability to do that because Christ died and we died with him and now we're raised to life, we actually have the ability to live for God, not just ourselves. So there's this supernatural thing that happens. So you're, there's a little bit of a teaser here. Like this is kind of what a new creation looks like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's evidence, which is super helpful. It's not, it's not just this kind of ethereal pie in the sky soteriology. It's something that actually manifests itself in and through us. So there's actually evidence of it, which is really cool. All right. So you're, are we ready to jump to 16? We're almost back to 17. All right. Josh was covering for me I a little was. bit there because I, I had a, had a <laughs> little cough. 
but I did I did take the COVID he test, did. and it came out positive. Oh, I positively don't have COVID. Uh, so is that a bad way to say it? I think it could be said a little better, but okay, but that's all right. All right, so it has a good ending. Yeah. So verse sixteen. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. And so mm-hmm. in verse sixteen, there's this almost as we're this new creation that we're building toward, the effects of sin have been overturned, we can live for him. We also have this new way to look at humanity mm-hmm. that that Paul Paul's also kind of talking about. He's being, in this section, there's some people bad-mouthing him a little bit. And he's saying, it's not longer just, don't look at the outside appearance, but what's going on in the heart, which is, seems to be a pretty biblical thread that runs through the whole narrative. Yeah, and this church was kind of like prone to looking towards people that were really successful on the outside, wealthy on the outside. And later, you know, Paul kind of gets into like kind of sarcastically talking about these super, he's calling them like super apostles. And and Paul is the opposite of that. And so he's almost also at the same time, he's explaining this deep theological truth while at the same time, like a defense of his ministry a little bit too. Yeah, and I can I can relate because people often see me as a super apostle. Yeah. They're and like, so, whoa, you must yeah. be amazing. Exactly. So yeah. I'm always trying to come back to this verse to help people understand. No, no, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, but he's saying that outside appearances don't have the same weight. Right. It's really that soteriology, what yes. Jesus did internally. That's the thing that has the weight. That's the thing that really matters. And so, so being a new creation as we're leading up to verse 17 doesn't necessarily mean there's an outside change. It's what's going on internally mm-hmm. as part of being a new creation. And so, Josh, since we cut you off before, I think it's only right and fair that you read verse 17. Continue on. Yeah, because we guys. cut you off with our, our therefore humor. Oh, I feel seen and known. Oh, wow. Thank you. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Except he writes it here because there's an exclamation point there. Ooh. Yeah, you gotta, I like he's a good ex- exclamation. He's can, excited. You, can you read it with a little more enthusiasm? Yeah. Here. Oh, no, no, like the, oh, the older thought, the newest, he, you the know, old like is the whole gone, thing. the newest, here. Okay, that's a way to read it. <laughs> I feel like we've gone down some trail. But, we, <laughs> but he's saying that in Christ, because we're a new creation now, that we're united in faith with Christ because of that soteriology, because of what yeah. Jesus did. Yeah. And so think about, if, if you guys were to describe what a new creation would look like, what, what would you say? Like, what would you, from this verse, what would that implication, therefore, like, yeah. get to this point? What would you say would be? You know, it's funny because what immediately comes to mind <coughs> is almost like uh, I think of those shows where they take old cars and they restore them. Mm. So it's not actually a new creation. It's more like like a fixed up, kind of pretty shined up version of the same thing. And so it's really it's funny. It's like a makeover. It is. And yet that's that's not what he's talking about, is it? He's, he's like saying, ground up, inside out, new creation. Yeah. Yeah, and so think about it. Like just all the things we've, therefore, was really important in the context that led to this, that all the effects of sin have been overturned in your life. You're a new creation in that regard. You can live for him now, not just your self-interest. He's changed you inside. You can, uh, again, look at the heart, not the external things. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing there's this idea that this is for anyone. This is not just if you do things right, that anyone can be a new creation in Christ. And so you're completely changed, not just restored, but there's a, a you, there's been this death because of his death, and now you can live yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. And so there's we haven't really talked a whole lot about it uh, in the podcast here, but the Greek language is uh, an interesting Fantastic. little language. Yeah. And uh, I, it was very difficult. 
But there's some verb tenses. And so, Josh, yeah. would you mind walking us through some verb tenses here that really do have an impact on our understanding yeah, of this passage? For sure. Mary, I know you're a word nerd. I am a word nerd. Yeah. I'm so excited for this yeah, part. Yeah, I was, I was excited about talking about this too. So, anyone, you, you kind of stopped on anyone a second ago, Brock, and this is a really um, pretty straightforward word, but anyone means anyone. <laughs> Anyone who has come to Christ, submitted to Christ, given their life to Christ, anyone who uh, has, you know, uh, who surrenders his lordship, uh, this applies to, to them, which I think that's, uh, it's easy to overlook, but what a fantastic word. But when we're talking about tenses, uh, there's two really cool things going on here. One, the new creation has come. So therefore, if anyone's in Christ, the new creation has come. That, uh, that is a, a, in perfect tense. Right, and so what that means is that not only is it a past um, action, but there's continuing effects on that. So that's that's really interesting because often <clears throat> when it comes to our our spirituality, I think that we tend to go one and done kind of mindset, and, and we tend to put our faith on some decision that we made when we were five or sixteen or twenty one or whatever. Uh, not that that's not important, but forgetting the fact that the Spirit is still alive in me. The Spirit is still doing work in, in me in the way that I think, in the way that I feel, in the way that I act. So that's amazing. So so Christ has come to do something that is still happening. Uh, but then when that, that next word, the old has gone, it says the old is gone, the new is here. That word gone is a different tense. It's aorist. And, and you know what that means, right, Brock? The past tense. It's it over. It happened. Finished. It's a completed event. Finito, <laughs> which is really uh, powerful uh, because wow. we are freed. We have been freed from sin. Sin no longer has any power of us. No rule, no reign whatsoever. It is finished. And so we get to live in this already not yet kind of lifestyle of going, I have been freed from that. I am continuously being formed into the one who has saved me from my sin. And that's a new creation. That's the new creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is gone. And there's this moment where that happened, but it continues on as well. Yeah. And so it's not done. And so there's this, uh, I just love that the, the verb tenses that the author chose to use here, the Paul chose to use here. It's just so explain cool. That. Yeah, it's, it's so really cool. neat. Love that. If we look at the last few verses, verses 18 through 21, that yeah. kind of wraps this up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Verse 21 is a beautiful verse. So it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So if there was ever a verse to memorize, this might be one of those you throw into so. your repertoire yeah. to, to memorize. And so it feels like this could have been a part of like a creed or a hymn or something that from the early church that was really emphasized a lot. Yeah. So think about this. If we're define ourselves as a new creation, and you're defining yourselves as a new creation because of what Jesus did for you. Christ was sinless. He took on your sin. We now become righteous. We now become a new creation. Sins are forgiven. There's no condemnation. We're justified. We're reconciled. We're made right and restored. What a beautiful concept. Man, that's so beautiful. And yet there's still something that I guess I'd say it befuddles me Ooh. a little bit. Yeah. And so it it's because we have this beautiful language about how we now get to be like like this righteousness of God, how how we're this new creation. And yet, kind of like we talked about at the beginning, if I'm this new creation, why do I still struggle with the same stuff over and over again? It's like when Paul was like, what I want to do, I don't. And what yeah. I don't, I do. You know, so yeah. he has this 
struggle with like, you know, like that in-between place, that mm-hmm. already not yet place. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's this way in which we think about success, uh, maybe career, money, uh, whatever. And it's that kind of up and right mentality. And I think that what we tend to do is, uh, is apply that same way of thinking to our spirituality. Yeah. And it's just discouraging. Yeah. And if you think of up and to the right in general, just like that mindset, it's, it is, I think it's a human mindset, but a very American, like just kind of progress all of the time. And we think of the context of what's happening here. We've got Paul who's defending his ministry because there's a group of people who don't think it's valid because they look at him and they don't think, they think that's not up and to the right. Like he he doesn't look impressed. It doesn't look, and that's kind of what we link to this up and to the right mindset, but a yeah. good balance between like already and not yet. I think you can't always see it on the outside, but we're measuring the outside. We're looking at how good I'm doing, if I'm doing my Bible study, if I'm showing up to things, if I'm getting better as a person. And and there's like this lack of trust. It's all on our outward expectation and how we can be this example. And Paul's all about what Jesus did and letting that transform us to, to grow, yes, and to balance those two things, yeah. I think, for sure. Yeah. This is this is now the helpful way that I've come to start thinking about what we're talking about, like living out of this identity as a new creation in Christ. Yeah. It's I don't know that it's like wrong to think of um kind of maybe those kind of attributes of a Christian as these kind of goals I would like to aim for or things I'd like to achieve. However, what I have noticed is it's a little bit more likely that um, we're we're going to fall short of those things, but it's also going to be pretty like discouraging and we're going to feel guilty and stuff mm-hmm. like that. However, uh, what what we've read uh, earlier that we're new creations. Yeah, There's that kind of aorist that's been done. Mm. We're new creations, but we're progressively uh, being formed, not necessarily in who we are because that's new, but the way that we even like think about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. The way that we, the way that we- Especially so. Totally. So like our worldview uh, is being shifted. Uh, our kind of mindset for our lifestyle is being shifted, but it, but, but the, the core of it is not out there somewhere. It's yes. this understanding of who I am in Christ now. Yes, it's being transformed by the way that you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that uh, especially like that point, especially, have you ever been in a situation where you know you've grown and you've got to like a better place and you're like, you know what, that old person, that's not me anymore. But then you start doing things that you used to do mm-hmm. or acting the way you used to act. And it's so easy for us to think, oh, we've gone back or we're, we're who we used to be. And we have to be reminded yeah. over and I'm a new creation. Yeah. I'm a new creation. I was reading Colossians this morning, actually. Colossians 3 talks about a very similar thing, mm. uh, taking off the old self, putting on the new self. And I think that uh, one of the parts in that passage, that beginning of that chapter, he talks about us being hidden in Christ. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing that Paul understood here because he's talking, he's like even thinking back on Damascus Road and when he's going down the road and is like his old life, that's him before, you know, and then Jesus encounters him and he has this new life. It's so black and white for him. Yeah. And I think that um, he understands, like he never forgets that, the cross, like, and, and him dying to himself and right. being crucified with Christ and all this, yeah. like, language that's very similar in there. 
like he's a new person. And I wonder how many times Paul was like one dealing with that same feeling, you know, the yeah. thinking, like maybe thinking the way he used to totally. and realigning and saying, no, I'm a new creation. I'm well, a new creation. Think of how often he must have been reminded of who he used oh, to be. Oh my gosh, all the time. He probably. goes to a new place. He's planning a new church. And this guy comes up and goes, hey, you arrested my uncle. Yes. Or hey, you killed you know my aunt or whatever. And so he's constantly having to uh, re-remember that he's All a new creation time. in Christ yeah, and live out of that new identity that he has. So so that, that again, today, I'm going to pick up my cross. I'm going to die to self. I'm going to live in my new life in Jesus Christ out of that new identity that who I am. I mean, all he must have had to do that all the time. All the time, for sure. I think that's such a powerful thing. And this verse, as I was reading it, it's just, it's so good. And if we can kind of grab on to that, the cross and what Jesus did and what that means for us, it is literally life-changing, yeah. and um, it's such a good way to end this series, The Life You've Always Wanted. Yeah. Um, basically, we're ending the series by saying, die to self. <laughs> we're ending the series by saying, Christ died for you, and you died with him. Yeah. And so you have, but you have, but you have a new life, yep. and you're a new creation. And it's such a beautiful truth and message. And so I hope that you enjoyed this episode of The Breakdown. And join us next week. We're starting a new series, so you can check it out on all the, way, all the areas that we stream. Um, or join us in person. But thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week. Later. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Breakdown. You know, it's our hope that you've learned something new about God's word for the sake of knowing God and taking one step in your journey to the center of God's purpose for your life. If you're wanting to keep the discovering going, which we hope you are, you can check out past episodes at hopefellowship.net slash podcasts or by searching The Breakdown on Spotify or any other streaming platform. And don't forget, please leave us a review. We'll see you guys next time for another episode of The Breakdown.